0: Help with sleep and stress as a bonus. Head to myeq.com and use code PARENTING for 15% off Equilibria's microbiome defense and much more. That's myeq.com and use code PARENTING at checkout for 15% off site-wide today.
1: What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate?
0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Your Village podcast, Parenting Beyond Discipline, the place to learn about all things parenting and get your questions answered. I'm your host, Erin royer Azraland. We are getting ready to head into summer here in the Northern Hemisphere, which also means summer break. We do have listeners all over the world for this podcast, including South America, Europe, Middle East, Asia, Australia, Africa, you name it. So I would be very curious to learn from our listeners in other countries how and when school breaks work in your part of the world. Do you get a longer summer break like we have here or several smaller breaks throughout the year? I would seriously love to hear from you. So if you want to share about school breaks in your country or town, please send an email to podcast at yourvillageonline.com and enlighten me. So here in the United States, we have a long summer break. For my kids, it's nine weeks, which I think is on the shorter side compared to other districts in the United States, and then some are shorter. But my kids still have three weeks left until summer break starts. But studies show that kids here in the U.S. lose an average of two months of academic skill over that summer break in areas such as math, reading, and spelling two months. That's practically 25% of their learning during the school year. So in today's episode, I'll share the ways to combat summer learning loss in fun and engaging ways to ensure your child keeps and even gains academic skill over the summer months. I'll cover ways to help keep children sharp in the areas of reading, writing, math, science, and even art. What's great about all of these is they can actually overlap in many ways. So when kids are doing work in one area, they many times are gaining skills in multiple areas. Reading is one of the easiest things to keep up over the summer because of great summer reading programs offered by local libraries and local bookstores. Parents and kids who do take advantage of these summer reading programs are able to keep and even improve their reading level over the summer. The minimum goal should be to maintain reading level, but even better is to set a goal for increasing the reading level over the summer. So one of the best ways is to join and participate in the summer reading program. Build in a minimum reading time each day of 20 minutes for kids entering grades 1 through 3, 30 minutes for kids entering grades 4 through 6, and a minimum of 45 minutes a day for kids entering 7th grade or above. If your child loves to read, then by all means, he or she can read more than the minimums, of course. One of the best ways to improve reading is to read aloud to your child every day. According to the National Education Association, reading aloud to children is the single most important activity in children's reading success. So let me say that again. Reading aloud to children every day is the single most important activity in children's reading success. Kids are learning to love books and reading on many levels during these experiences. It's a bonding experience, it's special time together where parent and child are taking a journey together through story. Also visiting the library is a great way to improve reading skill. Outings are fun and libraries are really the only place where we can let our kids walk up to a shelf and just take whatever looks interesting to them and get to take it home. Many kids also find it fun to read a book and then rent a movie and compare and contrast the book to the movie. Also, you can pair reading with a hands-on experience, such as reading books about a historic site or historic events and then going there. So reading about dinosaurs and then visiting a natural history museum, or reading about space and then visiting an observatory or space museum. And there are lots of fun things to do for writing. Have your child write or create his or her own book. They can just take uh, papers and staple them together and create their own books, which my seven-year-old loves to do. He loves to write and he creates his own books just by taking papers, putting them together, drawing pictures, and writing out stories. There's also story starters available through education websites and stores like Lakeshore Learning. You also could have your child write a postcard or letter to someone or write thank you notes for any gifts or experiences or favors people have given. You can also get some workbooks if your children are into them. There are many different brands that make workbooks to bridge summer learning for kids. You can find them based on age, grade, or even bridging grades such as first to second. Some of these include Kumon, Sylvan, DK, and Scholastic. And you can even find the Star Wars workbooks. My kids loved the Kumon workbooks. And as much as my oldest really didn't like reading at first, he loved to write. So when I took him to the bookstore to pick out a writing workbook, that's when he discovered those Star Wars ones. And I could not get him to put that thing down for the first several days. So there's so many to choose from and something for almost everyone that you could probably find for your child that's of interest. Now, you can encourage older children to journal. It could be about their experiences and outings or anything else that they want to write about. Now, math is one of those areas where kids lose an average of two months over the summer. And it's very common because most kids don't do anything math related all summer long. So it's important to build math into the summer schedule. You can give kids the money to pay the cashier and ask them how much change they should expect. You can have kids help pay bills and or balance your checkbook. You could teach kids about budgeting in age-appropriate ways. And for older kids, you can teach about and discuss dividing up a paycheck into budgeting categories. There's lots of great math games like Sum Swamp, Yahtzee, Extreme Dot-to-Dot, Quirkle, and Cubits. And I do have a handout for this available on our website so you can print it out and have it take it with you to go buy some of these games or look them up online. And that is available on yourvillageonline.com podcast. And then look for the episode on summer learning laws. Click on that link. You'll find all of the resources I mentioned in this podcast on that page. Also, have kids keep score when you're playing a game or watching. Like bowling, basketball, and tennis are especially good because the numbers can be in more than increments of one. Cooking is also a great way to increase math skills. There are fractions all over the place. And if you end up halfing a recipe, doubling a recipe, then you're working with some multiplication factors or division. Now, just like writing, there are great workbooks available for math skills through fifth or sixth grade. And there are some great computer math apps and sites with games as well. I have a handout that goes with this podcast episode with a list of computer math games that actually teach math skills and have a list based on age, grade, and skill level. And you can also find that on the same page I mentioned before. However, if you have your child use your computer or any device that's connected to the internet, it's extremely important that you set up parental controls properly. Since there are so many different computers, tablets, and phones, I was unable to give instructions on how to do this for every device. But you can contact your internet provider, for starters, to learn how to put parental controls in place and limit internet content. And even so, some content is self-regulated, so do your research. Now, iPhones and iPads have made it really easy using their restriction settings. So, I do have a printout that goes along with this episode that you can print out and follow for setting these up on an iPad or an iPhone. That's also available on yourvillageonline.com/podcast with the link to this episode on Summer Learning Loss. But also, technology is constantly shifting. So, do your own research to make sure your family is adequately protected to your comfort level. Now, there are so many options for kids to learn and improve science skills at home as well. Outings provide lots of opportunity for hands-on learning in science, from aquariums, children's science museums, natural history museums, botanical gardens, observatories, air and space museums, the list goes on and on. There's so many great places to go learn some great things about science over the summer. You also can have your kids read books about science or read them together and then do a project. See what I did there? We're building reading into science learning. Kids can read about bees and then draw a bee or label its parts. Read about trees, then go and try to figure out what kinds of trees are in your neighborhood or on a hike. There are science kits for any interest your child may have. Geology, chemistry, robotics, biology. Michael's carries lots of these kits, as well as many other places, I'm sure Amazon.com. Probably you can get almost any science kit you want to get your hands on. Also, the Goldie Blocks is a great new company that has lots of great science and engineering concepts. Attending a science camp. There are camps that specialize in specific areas of science, such as robotics or space camp. And there are other camps that have several weeks where each week is learning about a different aspect of science. So if your kids are really into science, be sure to look into science camps in your area. Building with blocks or any other building materials to help your child learn and discover engineering concepts. Some great toys that go in this space are by Mindware, such as Contraptions, Catapult, and Cubamaze. And again, those are also listed on that same handout I mentioned earlier that you can print out. As an adult and a mom of a son, both with ADHD, I know navigating the expectations of life with ADHD can be a challenge, but finding the right care and proper tools needed to succeed can be life-changing. With the right resources, you can turn your ADHD into your superpower. Done is an online ADHD care platform that can get you all the resources you need to help manage your ADHD, online visits, refills, and a 24-7 care team made for you. Starting to take care of your ADHD is as easy as one, taking a one-minute free assessment to see if Done can help. Two, booking an appointment with a licensed ADHD clinician as soon as today or tomorrow. Three, start receiving ongoing care. Enjoy online visits, personalized treatment plan, worry-free refills, and 24-7 care. Take a free one minute assessment and book an appointment with a licensed ADHD clinician as soon as the next day. Get continuous care, insurance coverage, and 24 7 care team support with Done for just $79 a month and pharmacy co pays as low as $0. Unlock your path to better focus now at slash podcast. Done. Turn your ADHD into your strength. This episode is sponsored by ByHeart. ByHeart is an infant nutrition company whose mission is simple, make the best formula in the world. Using the latest in breast milk science, ByHeart created a clinically proven, easy to digest infant formula that's made with organic grass-fed whole milk, certified clean ingredients, and features a patented protein blend that gets closest to breast milk. Our blend includes the most abundant protein found in breast milk, Curious about By Heart? Redeem your welcome offer at byheart.com podcast with the code parenting for a limited time. Additional terms and conditions apply. Now art has been slowly squeezed out of the schools. So summer is a great time to get your child involved in art and learning design concepts. Whether or not your child is naturally artistic or not, Art has so many practical implications when it comes to design and engineering. There are some great art programs available for kids year-round in the way of art classes. There's a great one here in Southern California called Art to Grow On. There's another one called FineArtClasses.com, has studios all over Southern California, and even in a few other states that offer great classes for kids. Now, buying art supplies and just having them around the house exposes your kids to these art supplies. You can go to your local arts and crafts store and get a selection that interests your child from colored pencils, paints, clay, pastels, and kids will be very likely to explore these just because they're available in their home. You can visit an art museum, take a walking tour of a historic or particularly interesting parts of town and discuss architecture and design. You can get an architecture kit where your child can build and you can find these on amazon and this is an overlap of the engineering and the art together but this may be perfect for kids who are more engineering minded to get some exposure and pique some interest you can read books about art and careers in art such as iggy peck architect have your child attend an art camp And also keep in mind the vast array of artistic endeavors in considering art related activities, such as film, dance, acting, and singing. There's some great classes for kids on computer animation. So this brings in the computer with the art side of it. Attend a music camp or take music lessons. And studies show that students who have at least three years of instrumental music have a better vocabulary and higher nonverbal reasoning skills. Now, there are so many ways to help kids keep and even improve their academic skills over the summer months, but remember to keep it fun and be creative. And be sure to print out the copy of the handouts I mentioned. We have one on ways to support learning, which includes this whole list I just went through, the list of fun math apps and game sites, as well as the handout on setting up parental controls on the iPad or iPhone. And these are all available from the episode page on our website yourvillageonline.com slash podcast. Again, click on the link for this episode on summer learning loss, and you can see all of those handouts right there on that page. I got a question this week from Paula in Chicago. Paula says, my seven-year-old son hates to read. He acts like I'm trying to get him to eat worms. He moans, groans, squiggles, squirms, and slumps down on the couch and pouts. It's horrible. Now he's falling behind in reading. It's breaking my heart and I don't know what to do for him. Do you have any suggestions? Great question, Paula. I get this question a lot. First, my son was like this in kindergarten. His decoding skills, meaning his ability to sound out words, was excellent. And ahead, entering kindergarten. But the teachers wanted him to read 20 minutes a night at home. And I got that exact same reaction. I did get him completely turned around by the end of the school year. And in addition to that, I also worked with a boy with ADHD in middle school where I counseled kids. And when he first came to me, he did not like to read. He was way behind his reading goal and his reading level and in danger of failing English. But by the end of the year, he was an avid reader, reading big, thick books at an above grade level. So I have experience at both ends of the age spectrum of getting kids turned around into good readers who enjoy it. So first, let me share what I think was happening with my son and how I got that turned around. And maybe this is something that you might be seeing with your son as well. I think it was too many words on the page. He would look at the page and it would be overwhelming for him. Even though I know he was able to do it, it just looked like too much. So, what I started doing with him was playing single word games. I bought games like Splat, Spot It, and I also got the list of sight words from education.com. And I'll put a link to that. There's a set of words for kindergarten and a set of words for first grade on education.com. You can click on that and print out those sight words. Then, what I did with those is I created a treasure hunt. So, I'd put them around the house in various places. And then sometimes I would do two or three or four words in one place. But this way, he was only reading a few words at a time. I would hide them somewhere. We would run around and give him hints. He would find the words. He'd read through them. And then I'd give a hint on the next place. And he'd run around. He'd find him. He was getting his energy out after school. And then he also was getting in some reading at the same time. The other thing I did with those same word lists was I created a hopscotch game after them. So each spot instead of a number was a word. So I would take the list of words for that week and I would put them in each of the hopscotch sections. And when he landed on it, he had to read the word. So the other thing about hopscotch, as you know, is you do one and then you go one, two, three. So he's getting the repetition and reading the words over and over. And he's also, again, getting out some of that energy. My son is very high energy active child. So the last thing he also wanted to do when he got home was to sit down and read. So we got to do some reading while he was getting out some of his physical energy. After we got through these single word games, we moved on to games that had sentences, like a game called Very Silly Sentences. And you put these words down one at a time. So he's reading one at a time. But once you get your board all laid out, he reads the full sentence. And it's silly and it's fun and they giggle. They have a good time. Then we moved on to things like brain quest trivia. We would take turns reading the trivia questions to each other. After this, we were then able to move on to these books with two and three sentences per page because they weren't so overwhelming. Also like I already mentioned earlier, reading to your child is the biggest predictor of reading success. So no matter what's happening with him reading, just keep reading to him as much as he will let you. And choose silly books. See which ones resonate with him, but there are so many great silly books. Almost anything from Dr. Seuss, Frog and Toad series, Tales of a Fourth Grade Nothing and Super Fudge by Judy Blume, and Letters from a Desperate Dog are all really great books for kids that get them laughing. Now, there are some other fun ones that come highly recommended, especially for young boys, and these include Big Nate and the Captain Underpants series. When I started reading some of these with my reluctant reader when he was in kindergarten, he would get to laughing so loud and so hard at bedtime that his three-year-old twin brother and sister would come running into his room to hear these stories. It really got him into reading. And summer is a great time to get your son caught up and help him learn to enjoy reading by making it fun in these ways. Now, this is also actually partly how I helped my seventh grade student that I mentioned earlier, get into reading. I helped him find books that were interesting to him. Now, the biggest problem was that these books were always checked out of the school library. So we did some problem solving and he decided to ask his parents for help. Now, they were wonderful and supportive and more than willing to get him the books that he wanted to read. So they did buy him these from the store. And then soon I found a website called guysread.com and they have lists of books by age they have lists by interests such as dinosaurs, space, sports, etc. So my young 7th grade budding reader started picking from the sports list and that's when his love of reading really took hold and took off. It was amazing to watch. So I'll put this link up on the same page on our website for this episode that I mentioned before on the yourvillageonline.com podcast and then clicking on the link for this episode. Now we have several interesting and informative episodes coming up. In the next episode, I'll be covering a topic for parents of younger ones, three and under, on knowing the signs for potty training readiness, since I know summertime is a popular time to try to get through that milestone. Potty training can be an absolute breeze if we wait until we see those signs of readiness. And then the following week, I will discuss traveling with kids, be it by plane or car or train, Traveling with kids presents its own set of challenges, and different ages present different challenges, so I'll give some good tips and tricks for making travel smoother. Then I'll also have an episode coming up on raising fit and healthy kids, not just during childhood, but for life. Summer is such a great time for being active, and lots of kids are getting out there and getting lots of physical activity. So how do we help keep that up, not just through fall and winter, but throughout life? How do we help them make that lifetime commitment to healthy living? So I'll have some great tips on that coming up in another episode. But also, if you haven't listened to the episode on outdoor safety, I strongly recommend that episode. If your kids are outside at all this summer, swimming, biking, skateboarding on scooters and the like at all, that episode can save children's well-being and even lives and parents tons of heartache. Almost every child I come across does not wear their helmet properly, if they're wearing one at all. But a helmet that isn't properly fitted can leave a child just as vulnerable as a child who doesn't wear one. And when I say almost every child, I literally mean almost every child. I have yet to see another child besides my own with a helmet that is fitted properly and fully protective. I actually saw a high schooler riding to school with his helmet dangling from his handlebars. How much good does that do? It makes me so mad when I see that. And I'm sure he probably left the house with the helmet on and then pulled around the corner and took it off. And my kids know that if I ever see them on their bikes without their helmets, there will be you know what to pay. And yes, I've laid the consequences out very clearly. They know when I mean business. And helmets and other areas of safety are those places where I don't mess around. If you would like to submit a question, you can go to yourvillageonline.com podcast, or you can also submit feedback and questions at podcast at yourvillageonline.com. And let me know what topics you would like to hear about. Thanks for listening to this episode, and I'll see you next time.